0: In Tasmania, Australia, around 125 people go missing each year. Thankfully, nearly 99% of these missing persons will be located within 48 hours. There is still over 130 people listed as long term missing in Tasmania. Eva Skew was one of these people. November 16, 1991. 14-year-old Eve wrote a note saying she was running away. She was angry at her parents for grounding her for smoking, and she left the home never to be seen again. Little is known about this case, which is sad considering her family is now about to celebrate the 30th year without their quiet and shy loved one. This week will be a short episode but nonetheless as important as the others we cover here on Stolen Lives. This is Eve's story. In January 1989, Helen and Jim Askew relocated themselves and their four children from mainland Australia to Tasmania. Settling in the tiny rural town of Fitzgerald in Derwent County, Fitzgerald is 57 kilometres or 35 miles outside of Hobart in southern Tasmania. As of 2021, the population sits at 38 residents. It is very rural, but very beautiful, from the pictures I have seen. There are waterfalls, mountain ranges and large properties with nothing but serenity. The askew property was no different – It was situated on Gordon River Road, a large acreage surrounded by dense woods. There was plenty of space and interesting places for the askew children to explore. There really isn't much information available regarding their lives in Fitzgerald, only that teenage Eve was shy and reserved. She was quiet and she kept to herself – and she didn't appear to have any friends to speak of. According to Eve's brother, Eve did not interact with people easily, and she tended to keep to herself. In fact, she would do anything she could to avoid meeting new people in general. In November 1991, Eve was attending the Glenora District High School, where she was in the 8th grade. Maybe it was the lack of friendships, and Eve was trying to fit in and be cool. Maybe it was moving away from everything and everyone she knew. But it was also around this time that 14-year-old Eve started to push boundaries and tried to assert her independence. She started smoking cigarettes, which her parents disapproved of. Saturday, November 16th, 1991. Helen and Jim caught Eve smoking again, something she'd been warned several times not to do. She was punished and grounded, which resulted in a fight between the parents and the rebellious teen. She was sent to her room, her parents last seeing their daughter wearing what has only been described as a distinctive tracksuit. Sometime during the night, Eve would write a note to her parents, stating that she was running away from home. The exact details in the note have never been released publicly. Eve would then walk out of the home and she is never seen again. How she left and where she went is unknown to this day, 30 years later. It would have been hard for Eve to leave the area because at 14 years old, she didn't have a driver's licence and didn't have access to a car. She also did not have a job, so had limited finances to take public transport, which was very limited in the area anyway, so it would have been a struggle to get out of this rural town. What money she did have sat untouched in her bank account. The only way for her to leave would either be on foot, which would mean that she would still be in the Derwent County area, or someone else, someone older, would have had to have been involved in her disappearance. The next day, Sunday, November 17, 1990, Helen Askew went into Eve's room to wake her up, but her daughter was not there. All of her belongings remained behind. Helen found the note and alerted her husband. Eve's parents and siblings frantically searched the home and property, but Eve was nowhere to be found. This was extremely out of character for the teen. She had never run away before and had never really ventured far from home. Jim Askew contacted the police and reported Eve missing. The initial search would include police searching the extensive wooded area surrounding the Askew property and questioning neighbours and shop owners in the city centre. No one had seen Eve, and there was no evidence of where she had gone. Given the size of the town, police would state decades later that someone or multiple someones would have known something, but they either couldn't or wouldn't share what they knew. Sadly, without any leads or evidence, the case would quickly go cold. The reason the reward of up to $100,000 is being offered because I'm pretty confident um, that from the information that's been coming in over the 20 years that there's in fact people that are aware of how she disappeared or where she currently is now. The red-haired teenager has not been seen since mid-November 1991. She has not used her bank accounts or contacted friends. Ten years ago, police acting on a tip-off dug up areas around Eve's former home but came up with nothing. In recent years they released a picture of what Eve would look like as an adult if she were alive. We're keeping an open mind in relation to this. Um, Whatever information comes in, we'll treat it on its merits and we'll conduct the relevant inquiries. Eve's case would be reopened in 2001 as part of a national campaign bringing attention to long-term missing persons cases in Australia, and a $100,000 reward would be announced for information leading to the apprehension of Eve's killer or the discovery of Eve's remains. Police stated in a press conference that they believed they knew what happened to Eve, but they just needed one piece of evidence to close the case a tip line was opened and numerous leads of allegations against an unnamed convicted rapist came in, that he abducted and killed Eve and buried her body in bushland. This man was now aged in his 50s and was living in Derwent County in New Norfolk, about a five-minute drive from Fitzgerald. This man was questioned extensively by police at the time and his little yellow home on Gordon River Road was searched, as was the large industrial shed next door, a structure that was only built shortly after Eve's disappearance. Unfortunately, nothing was found. In April 2012, Tasmanian police announced the formation of a new cold case unit, with Eve's case one of seven long-term missing persons to be their priority. As part of this, additional resources were donated by the Australian Federal Police, which included a $50,000 penetrative radar machine. Police would formally arrest their person of interest and again search his property and storage shed, with a team of as many as 35 police officers. They would search the properties for four days with their radar machine locating a septic tank underground. The tank was excavated and items were seized, but there wasn't enough to charge their person of interest in relation to Eve's disappearance. Police believe evidence to solve a 20-year-old mystery is buried at a property at Karanja. It's owned by a man who was arrested in Hobart. Now aged in his late 50s, the man befriended 14-year-old Eve Askew in the months before she disappeared from her family home near Maidina in November 1991. We are confident, as indicated before that, we've got a fairly good picture in relation to what happened to Eve at the time she disappeared and we're following specific lines of inquiry. About 35 police and forensic experts are searching the property and an adjoining block at Karanja. Drug and firearm detection dogs have also been brought into the search. However, the focus has been on a septic tank. We believe she's deceased and we just need to clarify uh, the circumstances around her death. Officers are also searching the man's home on an isolated property near Bushy Park. They've seized 50 cannabis plants and a number of items from inside the house. A second property owned by their person of interest was also investigated as part of this second search. Located on Oxbridge Road in Bushy Park, which is about a half an hour drive from Fitzgerald, here dozens of cannabis plants were uncovered, but unfortunately nothing tying this man to Eve. The police continued to question their person of interest, but could only hold him for quote, a reasonable amount of time under law, unquote, before he was released without further charges. Theories in this case seem to fall in one of three camps, that Eve ran away and started a new life elsewhere. Eve set herself in the note that she wanted to leave, that she was leaving there is rumours online that Eve may have returned to New South Wales, dyed her auburn hair black, and changed her name. Like in the case of Deanna Merrifield, where it wouldn't have been all that hard to get new identification. She was only 14, so she hadn't applied for any ID yet, and being 1991, conditions wouldn't have been as rigid as it is in 2021. Given all of that, though... I don't see how Eve would have done this herself, given her age, personality, and geographic location. She was living in the middle of nowhere. If Eve was to pull this off on her own, she would have needed help to do so. Theory 2. That Eve may have accidentally died. Succumbed to the Elements As I mentioned earlier, Fitzgerald is a very rural area. Large properties, mountain ranges, wooded areas. What if Eve ran away into the night, looking to cool off and blow off some steam from being grounded? The area she lived was heavily wooded, with lots of dense bush. It's easy to see Eve getting lost in the dark and confused. Even though we are talking about summer in Australia, Tasmania is still quite cold at night in November. It is realistic to see Eve getting lost and succumbing to the elements, or even wandering out onto the road and being hit by a car and killed. Theory 3. That Eve was murdered. We know that Tasmanian police have interviewed their person of interest over the course of three decades – and searched his properties multiple times. Unfortunately, as we know, nothing came of these searches. Was this man involved? Or does he know who is? We don't know. I feel like the police do, though. Police have indicated there is a chance more than one person could be involved here. Which, considering we're talking about such a small population in Fitzpatrick, this is really scary. And maybe part of something bigger, some kind of cover up in the town. But I did read one comment from someone who lived in the area when Eve went missing. They claimed that some of the local shopkeepers wouldn't hang up missing persons posters in their shop windows. Now I take this with a grain of salt, but if it is true, it does seem strange that locals weren't doing all they could to find one of their own. And again, if this did happen, it does support the cover-up theory. Unfortunately, tragedy would hit the Askew family again in 1996, when Helen and Jim both died in a car crash, never knowing what happened to their beloved daughter. Eve has also become an aunt in recent years, another milestone her family has missed sharing with her. Eve Askew was 14 years old at the time of her disappearance. She was 157 centimetres tall or 5 foot 1, and was of slim build. She had auburn or reddish hair, blue eyes and freckles. Eve was known to have distinctive-looking thumbs, like they were, quote, Pushed down and hadn't grown to their full length. Unquote. She would be last seen wearing what has only been described as a distinctive tracksuit. If Eve is still alive today, she would be 44 years old. There is currently a $100,000 reward available for the apprehension of Eve's suspected killer or the recovery of Eve's body. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Eva Skew, please contact the Tasmania Police on 131 444 or Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000. If you have your own thoughts on the case we discussed today or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives please search Stolen Lives on Facebook. Like the page so you don't miss an episode and join the discussion group to share your ideas and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen and on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please share on your social media of choice and rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. We are now on Patreon. So if you are able, please become a patron for as little as $2 a month for early release, ad-free episodes and exclusive content. This week's episode was research, written and hosted by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu.